uh, just very interesting. Uh, the timing of everything works in such a way that things are very, um, very interesting of what's going on. I'll just say that. Uh, I want to start uh, with a story, though, today called Unexpected Hope. And, and, and it goes like this. There's a group out, and, and they're hiking. Um, and so they have passed this rock structure uh, three times, and oftentimes if you're out hiking and you pass something three times and you're not doing it intentionally, okay, uh, you're lost, okay? And, and so uh, now this is during the heat of the day, so the heat is, is pressing in, exhaustion is, as they've been walking for miles and miles, exhaustion uh, is starting to kick in, um, and if you've ever been exhausted, you know that that is not fun. Um, and at this point right now, if anyone in the group had a doubt that they were lost, that doubt has been exhausted, all right? Uh, extinguished. They are in full-out loss mode. Uh, and so, of course, to say the least, um, they are discouraged, all right? And so, here's, but I want you to get a picture of this group, though. Uh, this group is not a, a group of, of slouches here. Uh, rather, this group has among them a crazy amount of outdoor experience, Right? And they're wondering, the question that they're wondering is this, how in the world, with all of our experience, all of our know-how, did we end up lost here among somewhere that is familiar to us? And so hours had passed by, and in this span of time, many suggestions have been brought of how to get out of the predicament, all right? Uh, and then when every suggestion that was brought up was weighed, it was found wanting. And so what do we do? Well, we, we get to this point then of despair. And so this mood of despair sets in among the group. And, and then not only does that set in, but there's also something else that's setting that probably has to do with the mood of despair. And that thing that's setting is called the sun. And so it feels like Time is running out, and it feels like there's nowhere uh, to go. And so one guy in the group is going through uh, his backpack. He's realizing that this is going to be probably a long night. He's looking for some food, and he finds something, this old thing, and he whispers to himself, no way. And it's this old map, right? And it's the old map of the trails. And so he's looking at it, and it looks more like a crumpled piece of trash, and it's his dad's old map. Part of it is so worn off that you can hardly read it. And he thinks to himself, maybe this will get us out of here. And he shows the group, and, and some in the group are like, yeah, dude, let's use it. Some in the group immediately dismiss it. Immediately say stuff like, dude, you know things have changed in the last 50 years. And so they start to look at the map, and they do realize that there are some discrepancies. There are some trail names that have been changed. But, but to their knowing, the topography looks pretty much on point um, for what they're at and where they're at. And so as they examine this, they look and they see that there's this trailhead that they don't know of that is 100 meters from them the point where they're at. 
And now if it's true, they've passed by that trailhead three times now. And so what they do is they, they do this. Uh, they start to search for it. They, they do some digging through these overgrown plants and tree branches. And then uh, they find their way through uh, these fallen rocks. And so let's pray. Open our eyes to see you in our lives. In both the good times and the bad, may our eyes be focused on you. May the Spirit of God empower us, encourage us, and guide us. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Our first section today, after that story is this, the Holy Spirit, a brief observation. And I, I thought when I was going to do this uh, talk, I, I felt very um, overwhelmed to talk about the Holy Spirit. I mean, I'm asking this question, who is the Holy Spirit? Whoa. Okay. And, and so, uh, you know, and, and so... I thought, okay, very. Let's do let's do a brief observation of the Holy Spirit. Then that's that's the only way that we can go about this, really, uh, to to gain some knowledge of who the Holy Spirit is. Uh, and so I thought, well, why don't we do this? Let's start here. Uh, the Holy Spirit is part of the Trinity. What is that? Okay, good question. All right. So the Father, the Son, Jesus the Holy Spirit, um, this triune God, and, and we'll dissect that a little more, probably not today, uh, but as the weeks go on, we'll dissect that a little bit more. Uh, the Holy Spirit is known as the advocate, as the counselor. We've talked about this, that the Holy Spirit has been around, okay? He wasn't, like I said a few weeks ago, he wasn't the new shiny thing in the New Testament. He's been there. He's been there. Uh, and so what I want to do today is I want to take three sections of, of the Bible, and I want to say the Old Testament, and then I want to separate the Gospels. I, know, I realize that the Gospels are in the New Testament, uh, but I want to separate those, and then I want to put the rest of the New Testament writings. Just, and just go through and give a, give a couple examples of the Holy Spirit at work in each one of these sections of the Bible, all right? And so we'll start with the Old Testament, and we'll start really just in the beginning uh, with creation, and so we see in Genesis 1 that the Spirit is hovering over the waters. What waters? Good question. I'm not going to answer that today. All right? And so, but he's hovering over the waters. And then we, we hear him speak. Now, I want you to get this because it's hard for us to get it, Right? He speaks the universe into existence. What? How does that happen? I can't even get my kids to listen to me. Okay? He speaks the universe into existence. And then the planets are, are formed. Nature is formed. The earth is formed. 
stars and the sun and the moon are formed, are created by God. And he saw that all that was good, and then he, he makes humans out of the matter that he made. And he clumps this dust together, and then he breathes into the nostrils of this dust, and the dust is formed, and, and it says that he made man, and he made woman in his image, he made them. And so this is huge, right? Uh, the other alternative that we have to this is uh, that, that randomly, one chance in a million, that something hit our sun and made us as we are today. And so I'm going to go with the creation story. I'm not bashing science. I think science is awesome. I really do. I think, it's, I think science is, is vital. All right? Uh, if you don't know, that's where we get medicine from. You ever been to a doctor? Pretty good. Okay? And so, um, and so I just encourage you, though, to examine that story. Uh, because of time today, we just don't have, like, the time to go into all this stuff, like the deep, like the deep valleys. We'll get there, I promise you. Okay? Uh, but, but it's going to be covered over the next several weeks and several months. But, um, and then he makes these humans. And then, and then we see the Spirit of God guiding people in the Old Testament as well. In Genesis, we read about Abraham who is, who is instructed by God to take his son and sacrifice him. What? Okay, and then he takes him up there and he's obedient to the point where he has the, the knife raised and God says, hold on. And God provides the sacrifice. And so this wasn't the first time that we would see a story like that. It wouldn't be the last time, excuse me. And then in Exodus, we see Moses and Aaron and, and Miriam and they're leading the people out of Egypt and all this uh, miraculous stuff happens, and we see Esther and Isaiah and David and many others being guided by the Spirit of God. And then we see supernatural stuff happen, and we saw supernatural stuff happen within uh, the Exodus. Uh, we also see it happen in uh, one example in Judges, when Gideon is taking his forces uh, against the Midianites and God is instructing him to, to do less and less, with less and less. And he says maybe something like this. Well, God, there's like 21,000 of them. I love how we tell God stuff. God, you don't know what this is. And God whittles his forces down to 300 and then they supernaturally defeat this army. That's supernatural. It's not natural. We understand that, correct? Okay. And so, and then there's this guy named Daniel, and Daniel um, is given supernatural ability to interpret a, a demanding king's dreams. And so, and in Daniel, um, we see uh, this reference to this son of man. 
And so, and then we move on to the Gospels. And the Gospels are just the first four books of the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And, and, and we read in the accounts in one of them um, that Mary becomes overshadowed with the Holy Spirit um, and is pregnant uh, with, with Jesus. What? Do any of these stories make you say what? Or am I the only one? And so we examine this and we see that, that out, of, out of Mary, who is a virgin, how does that work? Is Jesus, who comes from a, a line of people that it was prophesied that he would come from. And so then we see that uh, the Holy Spirit also empowers the ministry of Jesus. And we've been talking about this for, for weeks during Lent, that, that when Jesus was in the wilderness, he came out of the wilderness full of the Holy Spirit. And we see the works that Jesus um, does, and so he's, he's led by the Spirit. And then the New Testament. So um, from Acts on, we... We read in Acts 2, at the day of Pentecost, right? This is like, for Christians, like, this is the Holy Spirit, right? Pentecost, all right? It's coming, all right? But can I encourage you that, that, that Pentecost uh, is one of many times that the Holy Spirit shows up, right? Uh, it was significant. Uh, it was significant that we see the distribution of the Holy Spirit here, that people are looking and they're like, how are these people talking in my language? It'd be like if we had a group of internationals here and suddenly another group started just speaking clearly in the language that is home to you. And you started, and the group was not just speaking like, oh, the weather is nice today. They are speaking the truths of the kingdom of God. And so that happens at Pentecost. And then we see the Holy Spirit that, that guides the early church. We see, we see Jesus uh, interact with Paul. What was that? Saul, this guy that was going around and, and persecuting the church, is, is now uh, having this transformation happen in his life. And the Holy Spirit is guiding that transformation and then, of course, we see the spread of the gospel just, you know, at that worldwide at that time. I, I thought about this even this morning. I thought, God, like, that's a big deal. Like, it was such a regional thing, right? Like, th do you guys realize, I don't know if you're like me, but um, kind of just, how do I put it? If you're like me, I can say anything I want. Yeah. Okay. Um, Lacking in thought sometimes, like, oh, yeah, well, the only thing that was going on then was Israel. No, like, during King David's rule, like, the Aztecs were here in Central America, right? And so how does this spread of Jesus happen? It's got to be empowered by something. It wasn't just a good story, right? And so, uh, and the list could go on, but I want to encourage you with one thing, um, and, and it's the thing that I'm doing right now is to dig. Like, go on your own and dig through the Scripture, right? 
And so, uh, since we have this brief observation now of the Holy Spirit, hopefully you're asking some questions at least, and maybe one of your questions lines up with our next section, and our next section is this, okay, and, right? This, people, is so important. This question, okay, and, here's what I think, um, When we take knowledge in, it has to be processed. You have to process it, and and you have to ask, and you have to dig, and you have to search, and you have to know what you believe about what you're digesting. If you don't process it, I ain't going to use that example. I'll use it, okay? If you don't process it, it ends up being like Taco Bell, and I'm going to leave it right there, Okay? But if you, if, you, if you process it, if you think about it, if you, if you dig and you begin to ask questions, and can I just encourage you from ages middle school to the old in here, the oldest person, ask questions. If you never ask questions, you will never own the faith. How many of you, I feel bad asking questions. Why? Stop feeling bad about asking questions. So if we process it, if we do not process it, if we do not dig deep, if we do not search wide, uh, what we're doing is we're putting ourselves in a situation where we really have no foundational belief. And so what happens is we are swayed then by this philosophy and this theology, and we just go back and forth. We really aren't planted anywhere. Now, that's not to say that you plant and you put concrete boots on, and this is where I'm staying. I'm not growing anymore. It's not that. It's having a foundation that you can stand on and then learn more and more. I hope to, to say that in 20 years that parts of my theology will have changed because of experiences that I have walked through. I'm not saying that anything about the basis of the Trinity or anything like this changes because God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. What I'm doing, though, is I'm learning more about Him and His character. And hopefully, I'm becoming more uh, like Him. If you're, if you're like me, though, it's a, it's a struggle, Right? Okay, I'm the only one. Okay, so, good. That does not put me in a good position then. Okay, and so um, another thing is this. this. This also can happen. We ask some questions. We read some of the Bible. We watch half of a documentary, and now we know everything. For sure, this is it. I've figured it out. And suddenly, suddenly, after just, just a few readings of Scripture, you know, and, and, a, and a documentary that was by this person that you don't know, and, but it was, it, that, the half I watched was incredible, that you have become a theological genius. Now, I want to compare that to something. It'd be like you putting together a three 
video playlist on YouTube about construction and then saying, I'm ready to build your house. Let's roll. How many in the room are going to be like, for sure, you can build my house? No. Okay? Not going to happen. And so the okay and that I want to address today is that the Holy Spirit is not a research project. Rather, the Holy Spirit is something that we have to experience. And so the Holy Spirit is experienced. Yes, can we read about the Holy Spirit? We can. I believe it's like Jesus. We can read historical books on Jesus, but until we know Him, we are not going to be changed and transformed by Him. And so we can do the research, and that's great, and we can ask the questions, but we have to say this one thing. Are we open to say, Jesus, do whatever you want. Holy Spirit, do whatever you want. And when I say experience, please don't hear me when I say experience the Holy Spirit. Don't hear me saying those goosebumps that you got during that one song on that one Sunday three months ago. Now, can that happen? Yes. Can that be the Holy Spirit? Yes. But what I'm talking about also is this. The Holy Spirit is that which grabs your attention, that possesses you, that drives you, that breathes new life into you, that transforms you deeply into the likeness of Christ. And so I want to talk about this next section, and you might say, well, all you did was copy and paste your notes from last week, and you would be right. 100% split screen, copy, paste, because I feel it's so important for us to hear. And the next section is this, the cultural difference. Some of you were here last week, and you're like, that was a section from last week? good. (laughs) It'll be new to you for the second time. And so here's the deal. I want to talk about the cultural difference because in our lives, through thought, experience, study, choices, things that were done to you, that were out of your control, and many other factors, you have created a personal culture. And let me tell you something, left to yourself, you will become the center of that culture. Everything that you do will focus around you. You believe when you're the center of your own self, you believe this, that that no decision that I make affects the people around me. You will believe that lie because you're the cultural center. Everything revolves around the, the culture that you've created. You might say something like this, this is my culture that I've created, it's my own, my own choices, and quite frankly, it's none of your business. And this attitude is all we'll have left at the end of the day, because it's about yourself. And then enters the Holy Spirit. It says in in Romans 8.11, Uh, It says this, 
Didn't you even use this verse last week? Yeah. So good. The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, he will give you, give life to your mortal bodies by this same Spirit living within you. Colossians 3, 1 through 4. Since you have been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven, where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth, for you died to this life, and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. And when you and when Christ is your life, excuse me, and when you who is your life, wow, and when Christ who is your life is revealed to the whole world, you will share in his glory. All, thank you, his glory. The middle section there says what? Stop doing the stuff that you know you shouldn't be doing. Clothe yourself in tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Verse 17 says this, And whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. The only way that that happens is through the Holy Spirit and the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. As the Holy Spirit grips your life, you'll realize this. Wow, the decisions I make don't actually, they don't only affect my personal culture, they actually affect the culture that I'm living within, in the context where I'm at, in the job that I have, in the school that I go to, in the people that are in my family. It begins to affect the things. We, our eyes begin to open up that, that we aren't the only thing happening in the world. And that, a matter of fact, maybe somewhere on this timeline, God put us here for a reason for this time and to realize that our decisions that we make and the choices that we make absolutely affect what's going on around us. And here's a hard reality that I think we have to face is that God can do it without us, but he wants us to be on the team. And so you've changed. If you've said yes to Jesus, you've changed. Sometimes this is so hard to see, right? How many of you are with me? I don't... I feel like I'm struggling with the same stuff. Okay? Micro versus macro. We like to look at our lives under a microscope. I don't know about you all, unless you're just full of conceit, you're probably your own worst critic. If you're in this room and you feel like nothing is wrong with me, you have problems. You need to see a doctor. Seriously. Okay? Um, I say that lovingly. Uh, but we've all got issues. And we're our own worst critic most of the time. Because here's what we know. We know us best. Right? 
I had somebody say this in small group a couple weeks ago. I don't know. I just thought you and Jen, like, had a perfect marriage. Jen and I are talking on a walk later that week. I'm like, Jen's like, are we, like, portraying a lie to people? And I'm like, I don't think so. Like, not intentionally anyways, right? And so, um, you know, we corrected that observation. We let them know that it's not a perfect marriage, all right? Because there's two humans involved. And, and so, yeah, is it mostly my fault? Yes, okay? Uh, it is. But, no, but I, I, want you, I want to encourage you this morning that, you're, that, that you, those of you that have said yes to Jesus, right? Can I just encourage you that God sees the whole picture? That in your failings, God loves you. In your shortcomings, God loves you. In your successes, God loves you and is transforming you by the power of the Holy Spirit. So what you could do, and I encourage everyone to do this, is to take a look at your life and say where you were five years ago. Where are you now? And if you're at the same place, can I just, this is going to be a tough one, but I just want to submit it to you. If you're at the same place, I just believe that you're not submitting your life to Jesus. You're not submitting your life to Christ. You're not submitting your life to the guidance of the Holy Spirit. I'm just telling you. Like, if we're not moving forward, we're moving backwards. There is no standing still because time is moving on. All right? And so I just encourage you this morning. What does it mean? I had one of, my, one of my friends sent me a text this week. He's like, hey, listen to this song. Okay? Here, and here's what we both have been dealing with unknowingly. We both have been dealing with this, that the reality of the Holy Spirit will guide us, but there's a reality that we have to choose. Right? Like, what's our prayer? God, I want to know your word more. I mean, what are, that's the most foolish thing. You wouldn't tell that to somebody, hey, study for this advanced placement test. Just put the book under your pillow. It comes right in. Okay? It doesn't work that way. But I want you to be encouraged at this. You have the ability to change the culture around you if you allow the Holy Spirit, to change the culture within you. And so I just want to say this as to ending. I want to go to our last section called Unexpected Hope Continued. So this group of hikers, right? They found the old path after doing some digging and some searching. They found the old path. But even when they found the old path, which looked like it was going to be a straight shot back home, they still had to make a decision. Would they trust the old map or would they try to find would they try to find their own way, unguided? And they came to discover that the map was spot on. It was, in fact, a straight path 
with one minor snag. It was the most extreme hiking and dangerous hiking they had ever done to get back home safely. There wasn't a person in the group at some point who at some point didn't want to turn around and just go back to being lost. Dare I say, they would have been lost if they didn't do it with the other people in the group. A lot of times in the hike, it felt that being lost was just easier than what they were facing. But each, each person was determined to stay on the path. It was, of course, their only way really home. Stand with me. I'm going to ask you something that I think um, it's going to take a little bit of bravery to answer. Is this, if that's you, um, if that's you, if if you're like this, This person, you're a human, okay? Um, Hopefully all of you. But but you, you, you find yourself wanting so bad to change, but you also find yourself lacking. And you're almost trying to to will yourself to change rather than submitting. To, to what God wants to do in you. And there's a difference there, right? So I can't will myself. Do you know what that's called? That's called will worship. I think that I can do it. News, you can't. But you find yourself at this point where you're like, God, I really do want to be transformed by you, but I've got to let go of some stuff. And so I want to pray with you. Is there anybody in the room? I mean, can we just be a little bit vulnerable? Is there anybody in the room that's like that? And I want to raise my hand first, okay? Is there anybody here? I mean, you, you're, you like, like, I'm not talking about, oh, now that I think about it, I'm talking about like, this has been something that's on your heart, okay? And so I just, yeah, let's, can we do this? Can we do this? Can we pray? I don't care. Here's what I want. I don't care how you position your physical body, but I want you to position your heart towards God. Okay? So here's what I want to pray. Father God, you are in control. I thank you that for these people, God, that have raised their hand, that have openly said, God, I am holding on to stuff that I need to let go of, and I am trying to control situations that I have not given to you. I want to pray for freedom this morning. Father God, I want to pray that you would begin to move deep, in their hearts. God, in that 
your love would begin to overwhelm them. You would begin to remind them of who they are in you. You would begin to remind them that you see the big picture. You would begin to remind them that that they are not a mistake. They are not a sum of their failures. They are not a sum of the lacking. But they are a son or daughter of the Most High God. And I pray that that reality would just begin just to take seat, God, that you would just begin to move in their hearts and their minds, God. As we leave here, God, let us leave on mission. Mission to follow you and what you desire for us. Help us to dig deep. Help us to search wide. Help us to process. Help us to do the things that you're calling us to do. In Jesus' name, amen.